You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, on what will be your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. Uh, I told you we couldn't get to it yesterday, you know, because look, sometimes uh, we all do have lives outside of all this work we do. But we're going to get you your PFF show here tonight, uh, you local experts on the biggest stories. John Costco going to jump in here. We're going to go through some of the player grades. Uh, you know, from Saturday, obviously, we didn't get to see, you know, the creme de la creme. But, you know, this is part of it now, though. It's, you know, you would have thought, you know, years ago, oh, pretty much, you know, no no offensive starters are playing. You know, all right, why watch? Uh, and maybe if I do watch, the only reason is going to be, will they actually stink and score a point? But a uh, little bit different roster these days and uh, makes it all the more fun. And obviously the interest from all of you guys, the more excitement from us to put out our work day in, day out, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. First things first, John, the family settling in now as, you know, we're getting closer and closer, you know, back in Ohio, making our way back forth. Everybody getting settled? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. You know, it's... Um... It's obviously a process, especially with now the football season starting up. Basically, I'm I'm working a lot, so Ashley's my wife is doing a lot of the uh, the heavy lifting of un, un you know unpacking boxes and taking the kids to school and taking care of all that. So it's you know we're getting settled. It's kind of getting into the groove of the season, basically. It's, and that's where we get. And and look, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, we've moved a bunch. And most of the time, my wife usually just tells me, just get the hell out of the way. We actually moved into one house. She was four months pregnant. I woke up at 6.37 a.m. in the morning to get ready to go for work. She was just going to lay down. And I said, what are you doing? She's like, oh, well, we're unpacked. I said, well, what are all those boxes by the front door? Those are all the empty boxes. Call the guys. They can come take those back. And I was like, all right, well, when I get home today, can you tell me where everything is? And she's like, sure, I'll give you the tour. Um, you know, most of the time, the wives are the rock stars. Who are we kidding as far as that stuff? And you just kind of do what you're told in that scenario as a husband. But we're yes, going to get, yes. yeah, but we're going to get into this year. Um, obviously, we didn't. You know, you, you don't get Odell, you don't get Jarvis. You get to see Higgins. Um, and look, we all kind of know what Rashard is here. But I, I do want to start here. It, not meant. Obviously, Ish Hyman was a popular name. AAF. Um, everybody started to fall in love with the story that Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. And now here it is, and you know, and Derek Willies had been running with the ones. This is the way things went. Now all of a sudden, DJ Montgomery, I mean, pretty much played the whole game. But the important thing is, is he was out there as a one, looked the part, and actually, we put something on Twitter today, and I know Pete had mentioned this in July, you know, that he was pretty impressive. And then I actually went and I found Odell Beckham's combine numbers, which DJ Montgomery is pretty much neck in neck with in. You're starting to see some of it translate on the field. I mean, John, he creates separation. He's he's an issue, and he may have went from wide receiver 10 to, you know, could possibly be 4, could possibly be 5 due to Callaway's suspension. Yeah, we, we talked about him last week and uh, how impressive he was, and he, he followed it up with another another day. Obviously, he had the drop, but um, other than that, I mean, yeah, he, he gets open um, and is really impressive. And, you know, I actually was listening to – Serious XM uh, when I was driving today, and they were even talking about him on there how how impressive it is. So it's you know he's catching the, the like the national attention eye. So which is uh, obviously impressive in that regard. So especially for, you know guy who's undrafted for you know rookie free agent out of uh, you know Austin P. Uh, Austin P. You know I was just going to say a random college on you know but like essentially a random college. So <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's a guy who you know. 
it, you know, maybe who knows what's going on. I mean, he didn't practice today. There was like he was dismissed, you know, uh, excused for personal reasons. So, um, you know, we'll see if like maybe there's a trade in the works with the Colts because they uh, just had the joint presses and something. The Browns have a, uh, you know, a, you know, a, a real he's fantastic so far. The thing that impressed me is he, he did draw two uh, defensive pass interference on Saturday, and one of them was Rocky Sin. And look, Rocky Sin, for a lot of people, was a first-round cornerback. Uh, the cornerbacks kind of slid in this, but it's, you know, it, it was one thing against the Redskins where he went in, and obviously he was better than the competition he faced. Um, but what he did Saturday, I mean, these were, you know, some legit players. And the thing is, is look, if you can find a way to get deep, you're going to have value in this league the way offense is played in 2019. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and I even forgot about the the drawing the uh, pass interference against uh, Rocky Sin. So that's you know he's he's going up against actual players that are potential starters in the league. You know, high, highly drafted guys. Um, you know, his average depth of target in that game was you know twenty point eight yards down the field. So yeah, he, he's and he was creating explosive plays for you. Uh, you know, every single one of his catches that he had went for a first down. Um, you know, he's gaining some good yards after, after the catch too. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's not just like, obviously last week he had the, the lesser talent this week. He went up against, you know, the coach started their, their, their offense or their defense with their, basically what they're going to be starting with maybe, you know, minus a couple of players. So, um, yeah, he's, he's somebody that, you know, if the Browns want to hang on to and, you know, you have to, you know, I think an article came out today about John Dorsey talking about how he wants to, like, looking for asset allocation for future years. This is a guy that you keep rostered that, you you know, if you see something in him, uh, he, that he could become something for you in future years. Uh, it's obviously on a really cheap deal. That's, you know, this is a guy you want to keep on a roster rather than trading him away. And, you know, I mean, and for those who don't want to hear it, you're eventually going to have to find a way to, uh, you know, cut some coupons out, so to speak, and find a way to save some money because there's going to be some ridiculous roster bonuses that start to kick in here over the next few years with all the high-round picks that are on this team. Um, <laughs> Garrett Gilbert, look, uh, you know, Freddie basically has said that Drew Stanton's his backup quarterback, but Garrett Gilbert, if anything, he's, he's going to find a way where he's on the sidelines somewhere on Sundays in this league, and, and it's great to see because, you know, his college career didn't always work out, and he was bouncing around, and then obviously, you know, it, it's gone this way thus far in the NFL, got a chance in the AAF, you know, the greatest quarterback in the history of the AAF, so he's got that going for him. That's but, John Wolford's shade, uh, shade right there. Yes, sorry. Hey, the stats are the stats, Mr. Wolford. The stats are the stats. PFF, of course, is always going to counter counteract any point you try they were, to make. They were pretty neck and neck. They were, they in were neck true and neck. PFF fashion, they will always come in and find a way to miscue someone's narrative, which is always funny. Um, but look, he's not going away, But and look, he's showing, you know, and this is what you would want if you ever have to not if you're in the position where you can't play your starter, is can you move the ball? Can you hit the easy passes? Can you at least you know keep some chains moving and get us somehow to get some points? And for now, get Gilbert showing he can do it. Yeah, just just hear me out. And you know, Garrett Gilbert did well yesterday. Col- Colts played their starters. He lit them up. So why not start him and and have Baker be the backup? Oh, that was a case. lovely post on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's the Facebook group guy. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. This He's way, if smoking. something happens, you can go to Baker. <laughs> right, it's a win-win. I, I can't believe that. Like, yes, 
obviously Garrett Gilbert played well. You know, he, he's making some big time throws, uh, moved moved the chains, great. You know, graded well. Um, you know, the the passing offense was was you know really good. Like it was you know expected points added. You know, positively, uh, one of the best of the week of of any team so far. So, but yeah, I mean, like he. Really, we know what Drew Stanton is, and he's a guy that you actually kind of hope that you never have to see. And really, like, there's a Tom Moore quote that I'm I'm gonna paraphrase here, but you know, he was asked about why the when when he obviously he's the quarterbacks coach with an offensive coordinator with when with Peyton Manning. He was why do the backups never ever get reps with the ones? It's like, listen, if 18 goes down, um, you know we're effed and we don't practice effed. So, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where you don't ever want to see that, but Garrett is a guy that he was excellent in the AF. He, he can stretch the ball. And that was an offense for, you know, under Steve Spurrier where they, they really stretched the, the ball down the field through, through it a lot. And it was a pass heavy offense. And I, you know, it's, it's a shame that the AF went away is like one of those things where you can find gems like this that, hey, maybe in the right system this guy can succeed. And they, he kind of showed that in the AFF. Um, and then he's kind of showing it here in, in preseason so far with, uh, you know, a package of plays that are, are working really well for him. So, I, you know, he's a guy that I think, you, he, you know, obviously he's gonna, I think he's going to win the number three job and you keep him on your roster. But uh, easily compete with Stanton for – for uh, uh, the reason why you have to understand is because he's a quarterback coach for Gilbert, who Baker essentially grew up with, basically as his adopted older brother. I mean, it's a perfect scenario, but I mean, I don't know if you need two veterans kind of standing around when neither one of anything else. But I mean, on paper, it's a it's a dream scenario. Yeah, I know that. Like, so I think it was Dan Orley that was saying, you know, last year. So like, uh, you know, the the quarterback room when when obviously everything was going right and Baker was, was lighting it up in the second year, he was talking about how, like, you know, that dynamic of, you know, Freddie, Drew Stanton, um, Ryan Lindley, and Baker, that was like, that was the, their boys. That was, those are my boys. They, they get comfortable with each other and you kind of, you can play loose and you can, you know, instead of overthinking things, you're actually playing and, 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 doing the things that you need to be doing out on a football field. And that's kind of how the, the room is right now. And you, you almost don't want to mess that up, especially for, you know, a quarterback in the second year. So I think, you know, you're going to have, and I don't know what the relationship is with like uh, David Blau, but um, you know, my colleague here at PFF always, Steve Palazzolo, he always talks about wanting to have like four or five quarterbacks rostered because, why not? You never know. Like you just continue to develop these guys. These guys, one of these guys might, you know, your starter might go down, and one of these guys might shine, and you might, you might find something there or whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's that that room, especially how, you know how you're talking about. It's like you know, the uh, you know Gary Kobler and Baker have a you know great relationship. Obviously, Drew Stanton as well. So it's like they have that dynamic that they had last year. Obviously, you know, so it's great. I think they. You know, you keep that intact and and see how that grows. It just, I mean, it just, and that's you know, because everybody wants to give this to Stanton, and then you, I mean, to yeah, to Stanton, and then you go to the relationship that he's got with Gilbert. And it's, I mean, look, I mean, you can make the case either way, and it does make for a tough call. But you know, at at this point, you know, obviously, you got to figure what Drew can do by hopefully never have to put a helmet on is probably invaluable. So there is that, and we were even teasing the other night. Uh, you know, maybe there's the uh, you know Drew Stanton accidentally steps on a nail, and all of a sudden the foot's infected, and you know. 
he's on the, you know, there's some way that he's still getting his money, but not part of it. Hey, I mean, who knows? Stranger things have happened in the NFL, that's for sure. Uh, Dearness Johnson, we got a long look. Um, I don't think anything was truly, you know, jaw-dropping, sexy about it. But you saw somebody that maybe, you know, John, which is going to be obviously limited work, can help you, can just at least get you the north-south yards that are available, which should be because... Look, I mean, when, once you're putting all this stuff on the outside and you mix it in David Njoku, there's going to be some running lanes open regardless of how good this offensive line is or not. I think he showed he's capable at least vacuuming up what you're going to give him. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, like, the number three running back for the first half of the year. Um, he did well. I mean, he you know, 10 carries, 53 yards, so good good yardage after good yardage after the carry, you know, 2.6 yards after contact. Um, so... You know, I mean, he's he, exactly right. Like, what you're hoping is when he comes in there, you know, maybe just to give Nick Chubb a breather. Doncho Hilliard's going to be, the, like, obviously the third down type back. Uh, you want Johnson to be able to, to hold his own when he comes in there for probably the uh, five snaps a game that he might get or whatever. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, he doesn't have to do more than that. But if he does, he, he looked like he had, you know, when it comes to the running back position, a lot of it is, is O-line dependent. So... Uh, he took what was given to him there and, and read the read a lot of the reads right and um, you know was was successful on, on a lot of the runs so it, you know he did he did well 20 you know 27 percent of his carries went for you know first down or, or whatever so not bad and I mean that's pretty much uh, above above league average in terms of uh, what a running back can do so um, for a third running back you, you could do a lot worse that's for sure. He also was able to show a little bit within, uh, you know, as a receiver, which is, look, this is something that, that Freddie, you know, wants. This is covets. If you are a running back, you've got to be able to catch the ball. It's, it's just part of what he does. And obviously he was running some of the, you know, obviously split out, running some of the, you know, the show, you know, the shallow dig routes as everybody else was running deeper routes, was able to succeed on those. So, you know, obviously good day for him. And, you know, me, I, you know, I talked about maybe bringing a veteran in, but look, I mean, we're almost to, you know, the third preseason game. Nobody's been. So unless you find somebody on the streets that's kind of familiar with the system, Dearness Johnson may have found himself a roster spot to this point. John, offensive line, um, is maybe Drew Forbes maybe at least getting a little bit better, but here we are with the 33rd overall pick, and John, it's just get, and, and you hate to pile on, but it's he's tried tackle, he's tried guard, for some reason they thought it wasn't going to work there, so they've tried center, and it still blows my mind how you can have the crappy snap and then still make up for it on the same play by dragging somebody down with a hold. I mean, that was a beautiful double play on one play. But, it's it, you know, we've got to find more here than just the four. So, somebody's got to step up somewhere on this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Cush is going to be your your uh, right guard there. Even if you uh, love Forbes, you can't start him when you've got L.A., when you got the Williams boys week two. The Rams week three. Um, you got the Niners in that mix, and you know they have a lot of talent on the defensive line. You cannot put him in a situation like you did to Desmond Harrison last year. Right. You're, I, Kush is Kush is uh, going to be the right right guard starting unless they make some type of move, which I don't see happening. And Kush is a is a good guard. He's going to be he's going you know average at worst in the NFL. He's shown that throughout his career. You know, I mean, last year he he played uh, over 300 snaps um, and gave up just three hurries all year. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's what you want. He's actually never given up a, a sack in his in his career um, in 
you know, the regular season. Granted, you know, it's not like he's he's played all that many snaps, but still, he's never done that, and, and he's been pretty dang solid in pass protection, which is obviously the most important thing that you want from your guard. So, um, you know, I, I'm not too concerned about the, the right guard position. If you're looking at, like, areas of importance of the offensive line, obviously your tackles are the most important. You've got the center is the next most important. And then the guards are, the, in terms of least important, um, and if you have four out of five of your offensive line positions that are, are, are either average or, you know, elite, which, you know, Joel Petonio is borderline on that. JC Treader is a borderline on that. He's, de- you know, both those guys are great starters in the league. Um, and you have one piece that's a, a weak link. It's not going to hurt your, your offense all that much. You just look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Uh, Cam Irving was one of the worst guards again in the NFL. Um, but nobody extension. noticed. Got an extension. Yeah. <laughs> nobody noticed because because of how good Mahomes was, and that's what Baker does for an offensive line is that he makes them look better than you know p- pretty much what they could be or what they actually are. So you know if you you look at it in the first half year where obviously things looked a lot worse. Uh, offensive line didn't really show actually all that much improvement throughout the year. Uh, it was more the the scheme was better and Baker getting rid of the ball faster. Um, and that's why it just looked better. Obviously you didn't get sacked or hit for like, I don't know how many games it was now, but, um, yeah, I mean, Austin Corbett, you know, going back to this, yeah, it's frustrating. you you know, you spend a number 33 overall pick on a guy and you've got guys that, you know, it was the next five picks after him who were all like expected like really solid starters in the league and he's the one there that's sitting as you know potential bust you know everybody everybody develops on in their own time um you know he might he might de- uh come you know flourish later you obviously look at Richard Higgins he's a guy that you know we really liked coming out of college at PFF and he got cut after his second year in, of training camp came back you know he was signed like a week later because of like some type of injury I think but um, and, and obviously now he looks like a steal and people are wanting to give him a, a big long-term extension or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's, you never know what happens. I, I think, um, yeah, sure. It's disappointing. You spend a 33 number, you know, number 33 pick on this guy and he's, you know, not going to be your starter in the second year. Uh, but I think the offensive line is going to be okay. You know, especially with Kush, he's going to be a, he's a good starter in this league. Look, I mean, what it is, is you, you sacrificed, you sacrificed offensive line talent for skill talent. Um, and right. look, you know, as great as any offensive line is, they ain't scoring a damn thing. Um, and it's, you know, for offensive line purists, you, you hate for it to be disrespected. And there is the line of, you know, you know, there's only, you know, positional units where nobody comes off the field. And it's the offensive line, it's the quarterback if everything goes right. Um, so it is weird in that respect. But this is, look, I mean, it's it's about getting guys who can stop guys from scoring touchdowns or getting guys that can score the touchdowns. It's the best way to usually put your money towards it. And one thing, again, is you're just going to have to knock on wood and, and bear through it that you can get the injury luck that you got last year where you got to start the offensive line of your choosing week in, week out. Did, uh, did you see his Austin Corbett's grade? By the way, how I bad think we should uh, in pass protection. It was a 19.5 on a zero to 100 scale. Whew. He actually wasn't the worst offensive lineman in that game. Josh Andrews co- guard for the Colts. Oh, was he the one that zero. had like 62 penalties? Yeah, 0.0. <laughs> oh, Mr. Gutowski. I've, I've never seen that. 
Oh my god. Oh good lord. That that's oh my god. Zero point zero. And that's like even because he, he started for them. Yes, but even still, if whoever's grading that is like, all right, let me find something here. I don't want to give this guy a zero point zero. Nope, got nothing. So, so it's not like we're assigning a zero point zero, right? So, like we grade him on a play, it's a plus. You know, for in pass protection, it's either zero, you've done your job, you didn't, you didn't get beat, or you get minus point five, minus one, minus one point five. Rarely you'll get it in minus two. That's those are like game situation type. Uh, you know, pressures that your sacks that you would give up, um, like ends the game type thing. Um, but so like you're talking about like, all right, he got beat on this play. It was, you know, under 1.5 seconds or whatever. It's, you know, looking at probably a minus 1.5 or it was a late beat. He got beat after three seconds, but it, you know, it was within the rhythm of the play minus 0.5, that type of thing, you know, and it ranges in that scale. So like, there's a guy who's just constantly getting beat. So, <laughs> That's rough. That is really, really rough. It really is. Support of Locked On Browns comes from you from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O. Visit over at manscaped.com. Use your 20% off with free shipping. Make sure, again, the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, Capital O, and thanks to Manscaped for their support of the Locked On Podcast Network. John, we're going to switch it up to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Mac Wilson, look, the activity, again, was fantastic. You know, nose around the ball every time. But, you know, obviously not the overall statistical success from week one, but you see you have a player who, who definitely sees what's going on in front of him it's certainly a nice path for what the fifth-round pick is on. Some of it's going to be, hey, kid, you can't go 110% on every single play. Some simple stuff like breaking down. Um, you can't put you, you can't go helmet to helmet. That stuff we expect to see from a fifth-round rookie linebacker, not so much the stuff we saw week one against Washington. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about this and how phenomenal that game was, and obviously buoyed by two interceptions, one return for, for a touchdown. Um Obviously, if when you don't make those types of plays again, the the obviously the the perception of what happened on the field is, is a lot different. He missed three tackles in this game. Um, there's a couple of pass rushes in there where he he had the quarterback dead to rights and just basically over pursued and just didn't break down and have good fundamentals there. Um, you know, so there you know there's that he had you know this some issues in run defense as well, but you know, he, he held his own again in, in pass coverage. I know he, he got beat a couple times or whatever, but um, really, you know, you're looking for, you know, last week is a, is an anomaly. You're not going to ever see, probably never see that type of a performance from him ever again. Like not even in preseason like that. It was in the 97s for a grade, like those grades don't get, you know, handed out uh, ever like that. I mean, it's probably you know, I put I have to look at our database on how like on, on a game grade for season more starters in this game. Uh, a quarterback that's uh, obviously a, a you know a veteran in the league who started so, several games. Uh, think things that happen a little bit differently there, but you know you see you see you can see uh, the the type of player he is. You know his instincts that he has um, just needs to play him a little bit more under control. He actually was playing more like talky talky than what. Um, you know, what I was expecting from, you know, Taki Taki last week, who didn't play this week. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, Mac had a had a hot, super high last week and came, you know, crashing down more to reality this week. Uh, you just want to see him continue to, uh, imp- you know, just continue to be good and solid in, in coverage uh, and hone those those missed tackles in that he, you know, just needs to, to get under control of. Well, and the thing you see with Mac is, look, obviously this franchise thinks they've got something in, in, the, in the fifth round, and he's going to find his way uh, in, in some playing time. Obviously, you're going to see a lot more this week in week three um, in the pseudo-pseudo dress rehearsal, which Freddie maybe doesn't think is a fresh dress rehearsal, which I'm sure we're all more than fine with, you know, save the toys for September 8th against the Titans. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine, um, well, first things first, uh, Eric Ebron is a nasty assignment for anybody in this league, um, let alone a rookie in his first time in a, you know, setting of a, a second type of NFL game. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I like coming out, but he's a fourth rounder, like similar, similar to like Mac Wilson, where you're going to see good and bad. Um, you, you just don't expect um, the, the uh, this, you know, rookie from of being drafted in a fourth round to be able to come in there and start lighting things up. You know, he, he's obviously struggled in coverage. Uh, you know, he may, obviously, you look at the stat sheet. He had six tackles in the game, one assist or whatever. He had actually two stops, but um, solid in run defense, which is you know fine and everything. Um, but yeah, he 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 struggled in coverage, and um, that's just going to happen against you know Eric Ebron, who you know obviously was drafted what ten ten overall, something like that. You know, maybe maybe you know whatever top ten. I think it was. It was I think it was, it was ten overall. Yeah, and. He had a rough career to start in in Detroit and has obviously revived himself in in Indianapolis. Obviously, getting passes from Andrew Luck helps, and uh, a better system helps with that. But uh, playing a guy playing with a lot of confidence and and uh, really, I mean, he was in really tight coverage on on that touchdown, um, you know, in the first half there, and uh, you know things happen or whatever. But yeah, he I think uh, he he should be able to bounce back. He's a guy that. You know, they're having him play kind of like the, in a corner position, matching up against a guy who's much bigger than him, much more, you know, obviously and more physical than he is. So he'll learn from that. And I think, you know, that's just a rookie uh, making rookie mistakes and, you know, just getting beat. And it's funny because Eric Ebron, you know, I think players just look at him and it's not like he's, you know, I mean, you look at some of these tight ends that just look absolutely shredded and svelte at their size. Ebron kind of looks like the older guy that shows up to the pickup basketball game, and then all of a sudden the school and everybody, and it's just, all right, wow, this dude can actually really, really move. Um, and obviously, you know, that's what led to 14 touchdowns last year and a phenomenal year for Eric Ebron. Um, didn't get to see Denzel Ward, John. Um, greedy, obviously, and we got to see you know Mitchell, no carry, but how is the rest of this cornerback? I mean, we know what we got in Ward. How's the Is Greedy inching closer? How is the rest of the cornerback position playing out grade-wise? Yeah. Greedy, greedy graded out well. Um, you know, obviously he had that bust and covered three last week to, to allow the touchdown. You know, he didn't have uh, such such play this week. Um, you know, he gave up two catches for just 18 yards, um, and and generally played well. He still hasn't. Uh, you know, he missed. He did miss a tackle this week and 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 run defense, but um, you know he he's he's been playing what you kind of expected. You know, he hasn't obviously. You know, other than a bus, he's been kind of kind of shut down. So it's been good for him, um, and that's I think the most important piece there of of having a good cornerback room because obviously when you take them his him in the second round, you want him to uh, you know lock be able to lock it down opposite of Denzel Ward. Uh, the rest of the guys, you know, Philip Gaines had a really nice game. 
Um, and then, uh, Robert Jackson had some, you know, had some ups and downs, but, uh, uh, he, he had that one, he, he may have earned himself a spot on the special teams with that monster tackle hit of, uh, in, on that kickoff. I don't know if you remember that one where yep. he basically lit up the, his blocker and then tackled the dude in the same movement. And that was pretty impressive. So he may have earned himself a special team spot with that play right there. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, in terms of the depth, I, I like it, you know, and I think they're they're playing well. Eric Murray actually had a decent game. Uh, you know, he started in this one. He was yep. uh, gave up a couple couple catches or whatever, but he still graded well and, and I think uh, kept things in front of him, so that was good. Yeah, his PBU early against Jack Doyle was perfect. You know, basically, you know, the old the old saying of he ran the route for him, broke it up, and then obviously was involved in a sack in the backfield with Mac Wilson earlier. Uh, Murray, you know, I, what I saw Saturday actually was, you know, more than I thought they, you know, he, he can contribute a little bit like that. I think they're... Um, you know, I was an Ogba fan. I just thought he never had enough opportunity due to health. But uh, if Murray can find a way to contribute to that secondary the way he did on Saturday, uh, yeah, you're more more than okay with that deal. Um, defensive line, John, anybody else that caught your eye here? I mean, we got to see, you know, a lot different, you know, as far as the defensive line. No Miles Garrett. We did, you know, get to see the other three. But we're still trying to fill out that inner part here in the rest of this defensive line. Yeah, I mean, Larry O had a had a really nice play on in run defense, um, blow, blowing up uh, the uh, offensive guard there. And uh, obviously, they you know it's tough because you know he obviously he didn't have to go up against uh, Quentin Nelson, so whoever the I can't even remember who the backup was who's not going to be playing for them. But yeah, um, I think that position's know, sewn up for the next decade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think you think you're obviously great and and good with you know the starters there and, and Richardson and Okunjobi um and then you're just basically going to have a battle for for whoever the backup is there and um you know you hope that Trevon Coley maybe in a, in a backup role and I know the coaching staff likes him and everything like that I think that you know maybe he's going to be better in, in that backup role he's never graded well for us in in the regular season uh Deverell Lawrence is a guy that has performed well and uh, another guy, even not, I know he's been, he's an edge rusher in this game who really showed up well in, in pass rushing was Wyatt Ray. Yep. Um, he, 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 you know, I don't know if there's any room for him, but you saw him get off some corners and it kind of gave you some glimpses from Jannard Avery last summer. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a guy that, you know, was impressive in this game. I have I actually don't haven't, don't recall him, his name being said much in terms of like the, the training camp and, uh, the joint practices and what was going on there. But at least in this game, um, he really, you know, really shown out and, and popped in. And also in the first game, too, he had a uh, really good game there, too. So I think he's a guy that is potential uh, of a surprise make of the roster. Um, I know that another guy that has been in the in training camp, at least, Daniel Kuali, who, uh, you know, has been really liked in, in camp and everything like that, is, is playing well. Um, though he's he's not much of a pass rusher. He's, he's a guy that's going to, you know, more be more your run defender, uh, bigger if, days, any, but. if anything, he may knock down more passes than he's ever going to get quarterback hits. He seems active with that. Yeah, exactly. So like he's he's a guy that you know he might. You hope that he can his power he can he can push the pocket and just make it a little bit uncomfortable for the quarterback and maybe get his hands up. But yeah, he's never going to be that guy that you can expect to to uh, to get a consistent pass rush. And he's going to be more of the. Uh, all right, we can we can trust you on on these obvious rundowns. We'll we'll, we'll spell spell Larry O and Sheldon Richardson for uh, for a couple plays here. So yeah, I mean, 
really they they there's a reason why John Dorsey is keep br- trying to bring in these these defensive tackles that become available. Um, I think you're going to probably see some some movement in that category, uh, either at the trade deadline or not the trade deadline, but wa- a waiver wire cut down, a- and also probably in a trade for during the training camp time or preseason. Yeah, I mean, they, look, they've already got 10 picks for the 2020 draft, so that's certainly a possibility. And obviously with no Lawrence playing, no Chad Thomas playing, you're able to open up a couple opportunities for some other guys to get some reps. And, you know, for the most part, you know, what was a little bit of a wary group, a lot of guys, you know, at least preseason-wise, looking good for that effort. Uh, ways to help the show, guys. iTunes, obviously make sure you subscribe, written review, leave a five-star, all that good stuff. Uh, any of John's work, uh, PFF, guys, I highly recommend it. It's 2019. You have such an opportunity to be a smarter football fan. Take advantage of these things that are there. And, you know, look, it may lead to the fact that you're just not going to want to watch football on Sundays with the general people you did because you don't want to hear things like, oh, he sucks. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, he's in the NFL. He doesn't suck. But go use these resources. Um, you know, they're, they're available. Look, if the people who are covering the games use these things, if you choose to be a smarter fan, there's such a great opportunity for that in 2019. Pro Football Focus. I'm sorry, PFF is one of those tools now. Uh, And right now, like this is the prime time to get it because we're, we're always offering uh, some type of discount. um, If you can't find it on a website, which, you know, I think there's right now there's some type of 20% off uh, thing that we're, we're promoting uh, for the PFF elite. So uh, check it out there. I can always get you a a, a code of some sort. If you, if you just reach out to me at on, on Twitter uh, at John Costco three. Well, that's, there you go. John, um, obviously this is, you know, th- this last, you know, the Tampa here this week, and I, and I feel bad for the Browns fans. You guys really got screwed with the exhibition schedule this year. Um, you're going to get one preseason, you know, uh, drive from Baker Mayfield. But look, you know, that's the price you're going to pay. Look, save it all for the regular season. Get yourself ready to go because, but what are you, what are you looking for basically, which is essentially now, I guess, over the next 12, 13 days, John, in your opinion, What's left to be determined, you know, and who's maybe a guy or two that you feel stronger about now than you did before these games kicked off? Yeah, I'm really going to be looking forward to the kicking battle. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) And there's even some that say, you know what, just keep cold quit, keep the hammer, and who cares? I mean, can he make make an extra point at this point? I, I just don't even know, and... Look, if you can't make a 52-yard kick in a dome, I, I, I don't know what to tell anybody at this point. Let Odell try it. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I tweeted this out, I think, earlier today. I can't even remember. I just don't even care about the kicking battle at all. But, like, the, uh, you know, like, I just, like, I don't understand the, the, the logic behind picking him. It's round um, Austin Seibert. That is not... Greg Joseph, who missed a 50 yarder in the dome, but well, it's uh, funny though because we're all on this, and whether it's you, it's Sobleski, it's Pete, all the, never spend a draft pick on a kicker ever because it, it's not an important enough position that if you well, now and you got Avery and now you got Mac Wilson two years in a row at the same price, take the gamble on a football player, right? You know, so who uh, uh, who's the best? Like Barna past five years, Justin Tucker is he drafted? Nope. I mean, and they recognize the talent. That guy's got it. We've got to draft him, which, I mean, you you just don't know that. Like, you, you if you're going to take a flyer on somebody, do it in the seventh round. Like, he probably would have been available in the seventh round, and even if he wasn't, like, like big whoop. I mean, this is, he's a guy that was 5 for 12 the past three years at Oklahoma and 40-plus. And those are, the, those are the ones you worry about. Those are the right. ones that mean, you know, because it's you're, you're, most of the time you're kicking that because you have to. 
you're down two with six seconds left to go in the game. Or there's three seconds left in the half, and all right, let's try to steal a quick three here. Those are the ones that matter. That's what made it so head-scratching. I don't care that he can make an, a college extra point. Right, college extra points mean nothing because they they're no longer – I mean, they're they're the ninety nine point nine percenters, anyways. So we've already spent you know two and a half minutes too long talking about kickers, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that position, but that is not something I'll be looking forward to in this next preseason game. Um, obviously, like depending on how like Freddie decides to implement like the starters and how long to play them, obviously I'll be looking for um, you know a little bit more of like what the offense is actually going to look like. Um, because it's, you know, we obviously we saw it last year, but it's going to be a different, different offense because I you got Freddie and, and Monken coming together to, to create the, the playbook together, uh, as opposed to, you know, Freddie basically, uh, using Todd Haley's playbook and just kind of like maybe adding a few tweaks here and there. So you're, you're going to see more of like, you know, maybe you're going to see more of what, what it is that the offense is going to be. Cause obviously that two minute drive, Last week when, um, you know, Baker drove down the field and had the big time throw for a touchdown to Rushard Higgins, you're going to you got to be able to just run a normal offense uh, on a regular basis and be consistent with it. Uh, obviously, it would be nice to be able to, to, to just go out there and run it like a two minute drive and just go down a field and, and score every time. But that's not reality. So it'd be interesting to see kind of like how that, you know, the play call dynamic will go with, there with, um, you know, with, maybe a full offense out there minus probably Jarvis and Odell. You're probably not ever seeing Odell in in preseason, but um, you know, that's kind of what I'll be looking for. And obviously seeing um, the offensive line, maybe looking, looking to see them gel together better. Cause like a lot of offensive line play is, is just cohesion and and them coming together and and being all in sync, you know, cause like the wrong call can obviously make one guy look really bad or, one guy that's really bad can make the whole offensive line look bad, whatever it is. So um, be looking for that. And then on the defensive side, looking to see that uh, there's been a lot of busts in, in the in coverage the first two weeks. want to see those kind of get shorn up. Um, don't want to see to keep busting in coverages and stuff like that, and especially for touchdowns. Um, you know, a lot some of them weren't weren't exploited by the uh, the Colts. You know, passers last week. I you know obviously I do these. Uh, I no, I can't say that, but um, uh, you know, you see it last week, and you know, you see a, a guy running down the field free. You don't want to see that. So I want to. I remember it was, the, it was the receiver for the Colts. He wore number fourteen. He got drilled in his left hip because he wasn't looking for the ball. He was wide open. He most likely would have taken it to the house. But uh, son, you may be open. Turn around. Make sure you know where the ball is, kid. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you you don't want you know obviously we want to get those uh, cleaned up basically and then there's the missed tackles um obviously that's a point of emphasis from last year because of all the missed tackles and the touchdown drive um you know freddie freddie went out there and was like you guys missed three tackles and uh, he was you know obviously pissed at the team so like got to get those cleaned up as well so uh, it's good to see you know the demand that that freddie has and you know the understanding of hey you know that we, we were really bad at missed tackles last year. We can't do that again. So, um, yeah, that's what you, that's kind of like what I've been look. I'll be looking for is, um, you know, not, not so much that, uh, Baker makes big time throws or, uh, you know, certain players are, are getting their stats or whatever, but, 
Um, just the cohesion all together on that offense and then cleaning up on the back end on defense. It's almost funny because Freddie gives me a vibe where like, he talks to the offense where it's like, I think we can score 40 week in, week out. And then when it goes to the defense, you better not put me in a position where we got to score 40 week in and week out. And it, like, I, I definitely get that vibe from him. And you know, in the kicker battle, I, I think he's literally with the, yeah, let's just kill them both. I, I just can't do this anymore. Well, so, like, um, look look at Kansas City last year. Their defense was garbage. And so, like, Kansas City had to score basically mm-hmm. that much week in, week out. And, obviously, offense kind of drives the the league and, and the teams and what's, you know, winning and everything like that. But you have to be able to stop the, off other, the, other, the opposing offense so that you don't have to always score every single drive. And um, Because this is not sustainable. You're... you're you know, NFL defenses are too good that you're you're just not going to be able to consistently get thirty plus points in a game uh, if you're giving that up. So, and even Baker though, there was you know there was the Houston game last year. There was the the Week 17 finale against the Ravens. There's just days where you're not going to have your best stuff, and he did in those days. And those are the days where you got to hold them to under 14 to give yourself a chance to win. And that's obviously what you're hoping for, and that's why the improvement and the money was spent on this defense the way it was. John, absolutely. Always a blast. Um, I get a lot out of these. Uh, I know the listeners do. These, you know, this, these shows always do very well. So again, always appreciate you know finding a way to squeeze in here. Happy birthday to the little man. How old yesterday? Uh, well, actually, he turns he turns five tomorrow. We are we we celebrated his birthday a day early, or you know two days early because well, you got on a manip- weekend. So yes. you got to manipulate those birthday parties when you can. Right, exactly. I can't do that for forever. He's like, oh, it's my birthday. It's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah. You get a party today, you'll get a present on Tuesday. Let's go. Chump, chump. Yeah. Yes, your mom's waiting, the car's running, get your ass to school. <laughs> yeah, see, he gets treats at school tomorrow, you know, that we'll do all that. and There you go. Uh, so, you know, he'll be happy. All right. Um, so always blessed, guys. Uh, at John Costco three on Twitter. All the work over at PFF. Again, guys, trust me, it's a valuable source. If you want to improve your knowledge of the game, there is so much out there to do it. PFF obviously is one of them. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.